Before we get into today's episode, we wanted to tell you about SV Pod, hosted by Scott Van Pelt alongside Stanford Steve. This podcast brings you high-level sports analysis as well as stories of two dads raising kids. Plus, find out every Tuesday what they hate and see if you agree. That's SV Pod. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Also, the NHL is in full swing, and that means you can stream your team's games on ESPN+. From the Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning to the brand new Seattle Kraken. Subscribe to ESPN Plus so you don't miss a goal. Also, be sure to follow In the Crease, the ESPN NHL podcast with Linda Cohn and Emily Kaplan. What's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of DC and RC. Ryan, what's up? What's up, my dog? Ryan, what's going on? What's up? It's been a minute since I saw you. Last time I saw you, you in a cream jacket. I'll be the, I mean, that was the sweetest cream jacket I ever seen. Movie directors are calling me for Ryan Clark <laughs> soon as they saw you in that outfit. What's up, my guy? What's up, my dog? Happy New Year to you, man. I miss you, bro. You know, it's been too long. Hey, Ryan, look, I'm just, I was, I just took a bite of pretzel. You know, in the morning. You had a, a, a it, it was like wasn't one bite of pretzel, dog. You had pretzels. You, you immediately start to talk about DC when the diet started. I'm down five, Ryan. Ryan, I rode the Peloton twice last week, and then I D- rode the Echelon bike this week. So don't you work DC, out shame DC, me, Ryan Clark. How many days? How many days are there in a week? There's hey, Ryan. There's, but dude, there, hey, listen, training wheels, training wheels, training wheels. Training wheels. You and I talk. We talk. This is the problem with having a skinny friend. This is the problem <laughs> with having a skinny friend because they try to push their agenda on you. Right? DC, I'm just working. DC, yes. I'm not trying to push my agenda on you. What I'm trying to tell you is stop waiting for the motivation to turn to yeah. action and allow the action to <laughs> motivate you, bro. That's oh, all I'm saying. Listen. Okay. And listen, even if you get on the Peloton and we do 15, we put on a, a Alex Ooh. Toussaint little cool down ride. No, At least not you- Alex Toussaint. Not Alex Toussaint. No, never Alex Toussaint. Why? Always. No, because I ride only to one person. And I, I, I'm, I'm, her name is blinking on me right now. But you only ride to uh, one person. And you can't even think of the lady's no, name. I How do you even her find her? It's the gal. It's I, the gal. It's the gal that is the the broadcast person for the Brooklyn Nets. She stands Allie on the court. She hypes up the girl. Allie Love. I only ride to Allie Love and uh, okay. no one else. But Ryan, I drink so much pop over the holidays. What is the pop? That soda pop. I drink so much soda pop. Where are you over the from? Holidays. <laughs> just listen. It's just a listen. cold drink. A cold. It's not a cold drink. It's not a cold drink. You're it's so bougie. A You're soda. so bougie. A soda. It's a soda pop. I drank so much over the break, Ryan. The first ride I did in the new year, I went for 35 minutes and barely sweat. So now <laughs> I've been on the water. No hydration. No hydration. Dude, hey, DC. it was time to really take a look you know what inside I was of myself, about? my friend. I now yeah. see why Lafayette behaves like they've only ever had one UFC superstar, and that's Dustin Poirier. Because, because you move the way you say things like soda pop, you eat pretzels. Who are you, bro? Like, why are you so bougie? Look, we need to get you back. Listen, we need to get you back down in the boot, right? No, we're gonna get you your we're gonna get your diet right. You're gonna be ready for yeah. the new show, and you're gonna be all yeah, you, yeah. you got the fresh ball head today. I mean, yeah, I you did, lost did, five did, pounds. Did. I'm proud of you. Just five. I'm proud I need of more. You. I need more. I'm proud of you. Your, your suit's not going to fit. Right. You lose too much too fast, so I get that. But we got to get you down to 225. We need you to be at pimp size, not simp size. You feel me? 
225, 225, I look good at I, 225. I look like I look when I was fighting at 205 pounds. You know, I got him. You was ripped up, dog. My dog was ripped up. My, my dog had a trap. <laughs> I had a little trap on that side, you know, a little one pack on the bottom. <laughs> man, let's but, get Ryan, man, let's get the show going, bro. Let's get the show started. It's like two friends. We haven't seen each other, guys, so you gotta bear with it. <laughs> but coming up in the show, we're gonna predict 2022. We also gotta tap in and we gotta tap out. But the first thing we gotta discuss, Ryan, is we're getting into UFC 270. It's mm-hmm. the heavyweight title fight. Always the most exciting fight in the world. Whether it's boxing, whether it's mixed martial arts, it's always the heavy. It's always the heavyweights. But the champion, Francis Ngannou, has kind of been a bit distracted. Because Tyson Fury goes, who would like to see me fight this beast boxing rules UFC gloves? He's talking about Francis Ngannou because we know Francis the power. Francis goes... How about MMA rules with boxing gloves? I'll do you that favor. Even though I think he's ahead of himself. Tyson goes, you want to come in my world, calling me and Wilder out to a boxing match. What I can guarantee, you would be knocked out and also paid your highest purse to be so. So you have to think about what is offered to you. Dude's got to fight Cyril Gane. He's got to fight Cyril Gane in two weeks, right? What is, I mean, what is going on? Why is Francis Ngannou seeming so distracted going into what is only his first title defense. Well, I think the the first thing, D.C., we have to realize and we have to allow people to understand about athletes is, and this is probably not the correct verb, you can't athlete all dang day. Right. You can't you can't MMA fight. You can't (laughs) UFC fight. You can't box. You can't play football 365 Mm -mm. days a year, 24 hours a day. Like like, like that's just not what you do. So whether it's Francis Ngannou playing video. Go ahead. But but, but Ryan, no, I I understand. Right. Because as the heavyweight champion of the world, when I was, you're thinking about Brock Lesnar and all these things that will come to you. But in the moment, should he not be like. Forget the distraction, especially as we get to zero hour, RC. I mean, zero hour is upon us in two weeks. Yeah. Less than 14 days. Is it time to say Tyson Fury is only there if I get through Surreal? So I need to make yeah. sure that I get through Surreal before I start to really give too much energy to these outside No, things. I think I, I, I think it's it's not necessarily about energy when all it takes is this, though, DC. Like, we live in a we live in a different world. Francis Ngannou isn't going out and doing a promotional tour about his fight with mm-hmm. Tyson Fury. He's sitting at his house after he's trained for Cyril Gane, however many hours you elite-level UFC fighters train, you champion, heavyweight champions train, and then he's sitting on his phone playing around, setting up his next move. This is what combat sports has gotten to now. This is why you can have a Jake Paul. This is why Conor McGregor can cross over and fight Floyd Mayweather. And also when you see those things happen, if you're Francis Ngannou, if you're a dude that had to sleep at the gym, if you're a dude that had a jerry curl and was broke, if you've gone through all these things and now you're looking at what can give me the most money, you're absolutely setting this up. Especially when you hear things coming out, oh, well, we don't, well, he got one fight left and we don't know if he wins, the fight probably rolls over, then we do a new contract. Like, ain't no love in the heart of the city when it comes to the UFC. So absolutely, he has to be setting up his next thing. Stop being this UFC purist. Oh, my God. If you're focused no, on no, the no, fighting, no, no, you're no, fighting, no, you're fighting. No, but I'm trying, to tell you, I'm trying to tell you that when I did it, right? You always look to the next thing. Yeah. But as it gets closer, I think you got to be locked in, especially when there are so many things built into what Francis is dealing with already. Right, right. That's Francis's last fight of his contract. Yep. Him and the UFC are verbally fighting in 
the public, yeah. right? He's got a dangerous fighter uh, in front of him. The interim champion is Cyril Ghosn. Mm-hmm. He's got his former coach who know, who has intimate knowledge of who he is as a fighter in the corner of the other guy. There are so many factors at play already, right. not to mention it's his first title defense. And you know how much pressure comes with that, right, Ryan? You're not the champion DC. until you defend the belt. DC. It's like that whole thing. There's a lot that comes with that, and Francis needs to lock in. D.C., how can you ask me that question? I know what the pressure is that comes with being the champion. I ain't never been no UFC champion, bro. I'm not going to let people punch me in my face no. for a living. I'm not that <laughs> no, tough. My brother, no, I'm messing with my you. Brother, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't that tough, dog. <laughs> RC, but think about this, though, RC. Like, when y'all when y'all won the Super Bowl and y'all came back and y'all going in there with the target on your back yeah. every single week, you got a team that might have won one game. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, when they play y'all, y'all get the best version. That's yeah. Francis now. And there's just, I just feel like there's a lot of built-in pressure already on this young man's shoulders that this other stuff can wait because it's not there if you don't win. And that's yeah. probably the most cruel part about mixed martial arts right. fighting and boxing, right? right? You can be on top of the world one minute, you go and you lose, and all of a sudden you're DC. pretty much irrelevant to... Those big things that were on the horizon. Right. DC, you you mentioned getting down to the zero hour and the fight being right ahead of him. Obviously fighting, to me, the toughest opponent in Francis Ngannou's entire career. Do you feel like these distractions can hurt him in the octagon? Or do you feel like Francis Ngannou is such a high-level striker that even with dealing with some of these outside things, whether it's the contract, the Tyson Fury talk, or, or anything else that he's dealing with, he's good enough to focus inside the octagon and beat Cyril gone you know I think the f- matchup is so difficult anyways I mean I think Cyril gone presents a lot of unique challenges to Francis Ngannou now we have said that before and Francis has gone out there and just starched people he knocks them out the fight's over in no time and it's done but if this fight starts to go long we saw Cyril gone fight masterfully yes against Derek, Derek Lewis, Lewis another guy right who- Right. Has tremendous power. Mm-hmm. So it's a difficult matchup to begin with. All the other things can't help. Now, I would never say that Francis Ngannou is not a professional. I love Francis. I think Francis is one of the nicest human beings on the planet while being one of the most devastating human beings on the entire planet. Right. But he needs to be 100% locked in because all those distractions, man, when you're when you're in the locker room or you're in the, the walk or, or you're getting ready to go fight, Everything that you didn't do, every bit of energy that you put somewhere else, it, it, those voices are just in your head. Right. It's like, remember when you did this? Remember? We, it's like it, it's constantly trying to face and form doubt. Yeah, it, it, you're, you're constantly trying to look for ways where you're not prepared. You know, I mean, it's with any high level sport from wrestling. When I, I was in the Olympic semifinals, mm-hmm. I'm wrestling the Russian in, in RC. I'm so nervous because I cut too much weight. I'm like, is this okay. the match? That is going to start to show with itself, yeah, right? Yeah. Where I know the guy's that good, but I didn't do everything right. Is mm-hmm. this going to catch up to me? It's like that in fighting, too. So when you start to ask yourself those questions, it all plays a part in how the fight goes and, and plays D- out. DC, I know a lot of times uh, familiarity can breed contempt. Also, yep. sometimes it breeds comfort, right? It breeds confidence. Yep. And when we're looking at some of the things Francis Ngannou is doing that doesn't seem like he's focusing on the fight with Cyril Gan, do you think it's in some way disrespectful 
to his opponent or like because I kind of see it okay Francis Ngannou knows Cyril Gan. Francis Ngannou mm-hmm. has some information on him just from the experiences that they've shared that we don't maybe some of the things that we think Cyril Gan is amazing at Francis Ngannou doesn't see that or he's seen yeah. behind the scenes and he knows that it's not viewed as it's perceived or or it's kind of a facade do you think Francis is disrespecting Cyril Gan a little bit in this type of moment against a fighter in Cyril Gan that's never loss inside the octagon mm-hmm. and that has truly been uh really been dominant I, I honestly feel like the respect's there on both sides rc mm-hmm. i feel like that comfort isn't as real because they didn't train together much and they'll both admit it they'll both admit that it was a short period of time francis said it was a stopover right francis said he was flying in to Africa, stopped over in Paris for a couple of days. They go, hey, we got this heavyweight that we need you to train with. He did it. Not in shape. So he's not putting much stock into that training and those sparred sessions. But when you're the guy, when you're the man, when you're the person that goes to the heavyweight championship fight out of that gym and the up-and-comer goes and spars you, he does well against you, he takes something from that sparring yes, session. exactly. Now, is that going to give him a false sense of, uh, of where he is because – this was an unprepared Francis Ngannou. This was Francis Ngannou on a bit of a promotional tour, mm-hmm. not in training camp ready to fight. But I don't think either put much stock into it. I think Cyril is one of the most cerebral guys that I've met. I've okay. heard him talk. I've, I've, I've watched him fight. You don't, you don't go 10 fights into your career, become the champion of the world, and make no mistakes the way that he made no mistakes against Derek Lewis. Right. All the danger spots he kept himself out of against Alexander Volkov, against Jarzinho Rosenstrike. All the, the, the dangerous spots, the positions that guys could cause him issues, he managed to stay away from completely. And that is what makes me believe that it's so much difficult. It's such a difficult fight for yeah. the champion Francis Ngannou as it is for Cyril Ghosn. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a difficult fight for both of these men. I also think it's one of the more exciting matchups we've had in the heavyweight division in a very long time. To have people who have at least some sort of familiarity with one another, the backstory about the gyms, and also the dominance of Francis Ngannou in recent history and Cyril Ghosn's meteoric rise. I'm extremely excited to watch this play out and to see what wins. Is it Cyril Ghosn's cerebral approach, athletic approach to fighting or is it Francis Ngannou straight beast master of disaster I'm bringing the fight to you out the gate and you're gonna have to taste this power and see can you deal with this leather so it's a great stylistic matchup it's a great story behind the matchup and I think every (laughs) UFC fan will be better for having been a part of this historic event I can't wait RC I'm going down to Anaheim for the fights I cannot wait I'm gonna be in the arena watching I mean these dudes are Absolute behemoths. Powerhouse uh, in Francis. Technician with power in Cyril. Going to be a fantastic fight. Now, Ryan, as we head into the new year, people are chirping, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, we got the first fight of the year this weekend with Chikadze uh, fighting against Calvin Cater. But other guys are chirping. And one guy that's constantly in the media now for people wanting to fight him is Dustin Poirier. Yeah, You know, Nate Diaz writes, I'll fight DP in January. Don't be scared, you little expletive this time it's now or never Dustin goes I'll fight you in a month Diaz goes you're full of expletive Dustin goes I'm serious bro right and then uh they're they're doing the dance 
Right. Without actually the double dutch coming the together, dutch a right? Bit. Yeah. They're doing the double dutch, right? They're, they're dancing at the middle school dance at space, right? They're not they're not dancing like touching hey, each other. Hey, like they're my mama, space. my mama used to always tell me, you need enough, you need enough space for the spirit of Jesus in between y'all. Hey, that's what I'm saying, right? <laughs> so they're they're make, they're being cautious, right? Right. They're being cautious. Dustin seems to want it more than Nate. Nate goes and said, Dustin, you suck. You gotta remember, those guys were scheduled to fight before yeah. in Madison Square Garden. That's why I ended up fighting. Because somebody got hurt and pulled out. They were supposed to fight each other. Now, is this a matchup that excites you? And also, do you think that this one comes to fruition? You know what? I don't I don't really know if it comes to fruition. I think I've known enough about Dana White that if this is a fight the people continue to want, I believe that this fight happens. I think this is a, a big fight or a good fight for both men. Obviously, Dustin will be moving up uh, to take this fight. And Nick and 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 Diaz has has now Nate Diaz has now become like that guy. But my question is, DC, and this is totally off the subject, has Dustin Poirier now decided that championships are no longer in his mm -hmm. future, right? That, 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 that fighting for the belt is no longer my thing. That for me, it's about these, the, these catch matchups, these money matchups, the mm -hmm. opportunities for the popularity. Does he fall into the Diaz camp? Does he fall into where Masvidal is right now? You know, because he tasted the money of what it's like to fight a Conor McGregor twice. When Conor McGregor yep. is Conor McGregor, when he's the biggest draw in sports. And because of that, right, because of the drama that surrounds that, Dustin Poirier's name has now been thrown into that hat as one of the stars of the UFC. There is no fighter we saw more of in 2021 than Dustin Poirier. Right, Whether mm -hmm. he wins that fight against Charles Oliveira or not, he was going to have gained popularity throughout the year. And I think this is an example of it. I think this is a good fight to make. I believe Dana White mm -hmm. is about the business of making good fights. But it's on if both men want it. And I do mm -hmm. believe the more the banter goes on publicly and the more the people feed into it, that brings these two dudes closer to fighting. And I, couldn't, and I would be absolutely thrilled to see it. You know, Ryan, you talk about Dustin kind of going into that category of that fun fighter, right? Yeah. Going up and weight, down and weight. In his last five fights, he's three and two. Granted, the two losses are in title fights. Yep. But who gets to be three and two and still have that type of name recognition and also that 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 draw around themselves that makes people want to watch him? You know who? Nate Diaz. Conor McGregor, guys like that, those yeah. fun guys that it, the, the result ultimately doesn't even matter as right. much anymore. Right. I don't know if Dustin has flipped the switch in that regard. I don't know if he feels like, okay, um, my time at the top is over. Is he, is, is he an exciting to... enough fighter, DC, to do that, yeah, right? Oh, because yeah, you absolutely. have to be exciting he's absolutely to do exciting. that. Okay. Yeah, he's absolutely exciting. Here's the problem. He's really good also. Yeah. So it's not like he's going to just have these fun fights and lose all the time. He's right. only going to lose to the elite of the elite. Yeah. He only lost to Khabib and he lost to Charles Oliveira. Two Most champions. people are losing to Habib and yep. Charles Oliveira. So it's it's not like he's fallen off in terms of his skill. But when you lose in those championship fights, when you're losing two undisputed title fights, it's hard to be viewed as a true contender right now. You know, I spoke to DP a couple weeks ago uh, after after the fight, and I asked him if he watched it, RC. He said no. Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit, and he was talking about being 32 and um, not exactly knowing what's next. He wants the big fights. And he was almost discouraged about not being that championship guy. 
But I also told Dustin, I said, find comfort in knowing that at 32 years old, you have done so much good work mm -hmm. that you could think retirement. Yeah. You could think just money fights. You can do all those things that so many people go a lifetime without ever being able to do. I go, so instead of laying rooted in the negative, instead of living in the, I got submitted again, that sucks. Live in the fact that, dude, you've done such good work that at 32 years old, you've made enough money. You've made a, a built enough of a profile to where only the big fights come your way. Yeah. I go, you should be proud of yourself, Dustin no, absolutely. Poirier. And I think he's there. Absolutely. Dustin has done a, a ton. And, and in a sport where it's hard to get to a point where you can kind of start to call some of your own shots. Obviously, Conor McGregor got to that point, one, by excelling early on in his career, becoming a two-division champ, but also be, being an exciting fighter, being an entertaining fighter, being someone that could build up fights, becoming a guy who could make certain amount, amounts of money for the UFC. So for Dustin Poirier to be in this position is huge. And I think a fight against Diaz, as you mentioned, DC, being three and two, something that will be exciting mm -hmm. for, a people, for the people, but a 100% very winnable fight <laughs> For Dustin Poirier is what to me is smart. <laughs> Nate, Diaz, Nate Diaz about to come get you. Nate Diaz will come get you. Nate Diaz hey, will come get you. Well, I tell you what, if Nate, if, if Nate Diaz is walking out of the arena and he if at me, I for sure ain't dropping my drink. How about that? I promise you that. I ain't trying to fight, but I ain't dropping my drink. You ain't gonna have me looking did silly on camera. Did you see that guy? Like, yeah, what was up with I, the guy? I ain't He's doing like, that. Yo, this yeah. dude talking hey. all that trash. And look, at, look at what happens. Look at what happens when you put yourself in those DC, situations, right? DC, I ain't doing that. But if, if, if this fight happens, right, we're thinking about mm -hmm. 155. Obviously, you mentioned Charles Oliveira. Uh, what happens to guys like Conor? right, Nate? Will they fight at 170? Because Nate hasn't been no, that's at 55 what I'm saying. for right, a minute. Right. Yeah, they will fight at 170, but at least mm -hmm. for the time being, while Dustin Poirier is preparing for that or while he's fighting, the 155 weight class still goes on. Charles Oliveira being at the top yep. of that. What happens now? Dustin loses uh, the championship fight. Uh, we have guys mm -hmm. like Justin Gaethje. You have Michael Chandler, Conor McGregor. What do you see happening with those guys amongst mm -hmm. or amidst these kind of happenings with Dustin Poirier uh, and Charles Oliveira? I think Oliveira gets Gaethje. I think Gaethje gets the title fight. Mm -hmm. And honestly, you know who? Obviously, Conor McGregor is Conor McGregor, so he'll get whatever he wants. But you know who Sneaky found his way into a very comfortable situation? It's Michael Chandler. Yeah. Michael Chandler has now fought on a pay-per-view, knocked out Dan Hooker. Second fight is immediately a title fight. Third fight, he gets Justin Gaethje. Then he's chirping at Conor McGregor. If he doesn't get Conor McGregor, he gets Tony Ferguson. Michael Chandler has somehow made himself one of the most sought-out guys in the lightweight division. And I don't know why people are calling him out as if he's an easy out. Chandler's a dog. He's a beast, and he's showing that every single time. So I think Michael Chandler is going to be one that almost dictates where the division goes. Because if Chandler decides to wait for McGregor, because McGregor said that they would do it, then Tony Ferguson is kind of sitting on the, bur the back burner. If Chandler decides to go and fight Ferguson... Now, as Conor comes back, if he gets past Ferguson, dude has another massive fight in front of him. I mean, you want to be Michael Chandler right now yeah. if you're 155 pounds, if you're not in the title pitch. So you know what's crazy about Michael Chandler's three fights? They were almost perfect for their time, as perfect for their time yep. as they could be without winning. Right, you. Yep. He he comes over from Bellator, I believe Bellator, it is. Yep. He comes over from yep. Bellator, and I remember you saying, "This is why you backed why Dana backed the Brinks truck up 
to, to <laughs> sign Michael Chandler because he hits him with the left, right? Then it's grounded, pound, and it's out of there. Dan Hooker, uh, was that the, the Dan Hooker, was he coming off of the fight with Poirier? Well, I Dan Hooker had just fought, he had just fought he, Dustin Poirier just fought in Dustin, a, in a war. hell of a fight. It right, in a hell of a fight. Yeah. And, right, and, so, and so now we're look, looking at Dan Hooker as a contender and Michael Chandler right away, boom, explosive, him knocks out. him out. You're winning against Charles Oliveira in the first round, <laughs> right? You get you get hit by the left, he puts you out. <laughs> so you make crazy. You make the crazy decision that you're going to go Justin Gaethje with Justin Gaethje, right? That's yeah, what happened in RC, Madison. That's what happens in Madison Square RC, Garden. It made him a star. RC, you can lose good. You can lose you good. Can like, lose there's such. Good, can you believe bro? that? That you can actually lose in the, good in, in the U, in the UFC. <laughs> I can right in, yes. in, in 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 sports where your 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 record or in sports where your success, your your, your wins and your losses, the scoreboard uh, dictates your next step. There is no losing good, right? The Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, you know who's not losing? You know who didn't lose? The Jacksonville good the other Jaguars day? or the Colts? <laughs> the, the Colts. The, the Colts, Colts did not lose. Right. The Colts. Oh, the the, 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 the Chargers. The, 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 oh, the Chargers. The Chargers. Exactly. I hate DC. the Chargers. Like, I hate the, the Chargers. And I hate the Rams. I hate the Rams. Why? No, I hate the Rams. I hate the Rams. Because they let they the Saints. Because the Saints didn't get in. They, 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 the, Sean Payton's greatest coaching. This is the greatest coaching performance. Of, of of Sean Payton's career and the Rams let us down, dog. It's crazy. DC, so like that's where Michael Chandler is right now, and I just think it's it's a fascinating place for him. Um, I don't know how many times I get tweeted Michael Chandler cliches where you know they pick a word and they're <laughs> like Bristol. Michael Chandler would say that Bristol is a place where stars are born, like DC and RC. I would love, you know what I mean? And so Michael <laughs> Michael Chandler has kind of turned into this. Caricature, but is he too perfect? Is Michael Chandler One, too perfect? It bro, seems like it's all been so perfect. One hundred percent. His family's too perfect. Like he has the <laughs> one day a week where he tweets and and Instagrams about his son. I mean, the dude is like I love the dude. Like I absolutely think <laughs> that he's he's amazing for the UFC because what it almost mm. shows DC and obviously like guys like Charles Oliveira, guys like Kamaru Usman, Francis Ngannou, uh, Alexander Volkanovski. All of these are like cool dudes, but. But Michael Chandler almost shows you that the really nice guy can succeed. It's like the yeah. It's, it's almost like, and I hate to say this about you because I make fun of you all the time. <laughs> like you were the nice guy to me. You know, like the ugliest yeah. I ever saw you get was John Jones. And when sitting in my house and watching you, my thought was, oh, that's more about John Jones than Daniel Cormier because we know if yeah. Daniel Cormier is mad at you, then you're just a bad guy. And I think Michael yeah. <laughs> Chandler has kind of built that for himself, but with also showing that he's willing to go toe-to-toe with some of the baddest men in the world. Absolutely. Hey, Michael Chandler's the man. But to me, Michael Chandler's kind of like John Cena, where he's like so perfect that you're supposed to cheer him, but you're like, boo, You still Chandler. want to lose. <laughs> but I, mean, I mean, you want to boo him. But I think the fight in Madison Square helped that. Right? Yeah. It showed how tough he is, and it allows people to look at him and view him as the Michael Chandler we knew from Bellator that yep. was in those wars with Eddie Alvarez. Now, another weight class we got to look at is 145 pounds. Very rarely do you get a trilogy when one guy has won two fights in a row. That was the case last week when we when the, when the UFC announced that Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovsky was going to fight again. Two days later, Holloway hurts himself. He's out. And this starts a storm of activity on Twitter. First one, Triple C, wants to become quadruple C. Triple C to the rescue, Dana White, you have my number. Four trophies bend the knee. Alexander Volkanovsky reaches out to, Korean, to the Korean zombie, one of the funnest fighters in all of the UFC. 
And then Yair Rodriguez goes, listen, do I really have to raise my hand? Like, heal up, Max. But remember, guys, I was just in a fight of the year candidate with Max Holloway very recently. Like, I don't need to tell you that I'm willing to do this. This started a, I mean, this is not it, though. Gia Chikadze is can get his hand one, uh, raised this weekend, will want to fight for the belt. Yep. There are a number of athletes in this division. I think 145 has now become the most deep division. Yeah. But of all those guys that are raising their hand to fight the champ Alexander Volkanovsky, which is the one that stands out to most to you and the one that kind of drudges up the most interest yeah, from a fan's perspective? Yair Rodriguez to me. Now, I think really? the, I think when you're talking about the fans' perspective, it may not drum as much interest up for everyone else because he had the two-year layoff, right? And then you come back and you fight Max Holloway and what I thought was an excellent fight, one of the fights of the year that was absolutely brutal. I felt like he made Max Holloway reach into his MMA bag and do some different things because of the unique striking, because of the willingness to take uh, so some chances. And Max Holloway had to take him down, turn it into a, a clinch match, right? Get him, get him up against the fence. And so I thought that that fight was truly a fight that showed that Yair Rodriguez, even in a layoff, could come back and be extremely exciting. Uh, I know the Korean zombie uh, has been mentioned in this. We've already seen him fight, uh, Volk fight, Brian Ortega. Obviously, I think anytime Triple C is brought up, it piques your interest, <laughs> right? But I'm yes. almost getting to the point with him of, okay, is it the that the UFC doesn't really want him to fight or he doesn't want to fight? Right. Well, because I think Henry. I think Henry thinks. I think Henry may have overvalued himself a bit when he retired. Yeah. Right. He beats Dominic Cruz and thinks I'll retire and get paid more money. The reality is, you're you're a 135 pounder, right? Yeah. Like UFC is not necessarily trying to overpay a 135 pounder, especially one that hasn't really proven that he can push a pay per view. And right. I know, like, it might sound like I'm being harsh because I saw him training John Jones, but it's not. We spoke, but it's like. He, he kind of overvalued himself, and now I think he finds himself in a position where he's trying to make his way back in and make it look heroic. Now, if he does get back in, how do you choose against him when all the kid's done is one? Yeah, I think he's won his entire life, but, I mean, I, I feel like he, again, he overplayed his hand. Right. Also, D.C., uh, Triple C, Henry uh, Cejudo doesn't get back in to take on a contender. He gets back in to fight for a belt. We, we, we all understand that. We all know that. And I believe he knows that as well. I think there's a price that he has set that he feels like he deserves in order to do that. But when you're Alexander Volkanovsky and you're sitting here, you were about to have a trilogy with Max Holloway, which is obviously going to be one of the biggest fights in UFC in 2022. You now have to figure out what's best for you. What's the best money fight? Um, is, is, is it a fight to stay safe and be ready for mm -hmm. when Max Holloway returns? And then you're going to have all of these really good fighters, the Brian Ortegas, the Yair uh, Rodriguez, the, the, the Korean Zombies, or whoever it is underneath, fighting for that next opportunity to get to the belt. And I think that this weight class has just become more interesting than it truly has been in a very long time, probably since, you know, the the, the Connor Jose Aldo days. Yep, 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 for sure. But this dude Volkanovski's a beast, man, and he'll fight anybody. Look, I mean, when you look at the guys that he's fought, when you see him say, Chan Sung Jung, are you ready? I think that's a tip of the hat to the Korean zombie for all that he's done over the course of his career, for as exciting as he's been, and for as valuable as he's been for as long as he has That's been. That's what's big, so the right. champion the is longevity. Like, hey, 
the longevity. Mm-hmm. Let's me and you do this because he can look down those rankings and see a number of guys that are w- warranted and they warrant title fights. But which one would not only make for a fun fight, but also gain enough interest to line those pockets because ultimately those dudes want to get paid. Right. And as a champion, the pay per views go up, the pockets get a little bit fatter yeah. and a little heavier. Now, there's another guy that is fighting this weekend that could present some unique challenges to the champion now with Xander Volkanovsky, who we see training here, trains as hard as anybody in the entire world. That's why, right, this dude fights 25 minutes and doesn't even see DC, I have a question for you. All. I don't mean to cut you off. DC, I have a question for you. What mm-hmm. if what if Volk has a fight and and loses? What mm-hmm. what, what what does that, that do for, for Volk? But he has to fight again. So 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 he so he he get the rematch. He'd get the rematch at this right point, away. Right? At and what this would happen point. to Max Holloway then? If 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 it is the Korean Zombie and the Korean Zombie yeah. does somehow beat Alexander Volkanovsky, do they get the rematch? <laughs> and then is Max Holloway now thrown into the shuffle of the weight oh. class? It's crazy, right? Because Ryan, we see it. We, it's happening absolutely. to Stipe right now. It's happening to Stipe right now. Like, when I beat him, he got the rematch. He didn't fight again until he got a rematch. Right. Francis beat him. Now it looks like Francis has Cyril. Francis has Jones. Right. They're trying to offer Stipe fights. I think that's what would happen to Max Holloway. Mm-hmm. He would be. He would have to kind of fight a few more times in order to get back in there. Maybe like once or twice. Yeah. Not a few. But a guy that he might find himself standing across from is a guy that's taken on a former opponent of his and Giga Chikadze, yep. who is another absolute savage. Bro, his hands, this Saturday. His, his, his hands, his style, I mean, it's, it's just it absolutely good. crazy. Like, you could just see how his combat sports, like, history, right, and his experience showed up in the octagon, and, like, I'm this is going to be dope, bro. I'm fired up about this. You know, Chikadze is one of those guys that's really exciting, RC. He, here's the issue. Like I just said, Chan Sung Jung was called out for a reason. He has the name recognition, the name value. And when you're around as long as he's been, remember he fought Jose Aldo for the fight, the belt back in the day. He's been in the W, he was in the WEC. He had these two fantastic fights against Leonard Garcia in the UFC. He's done and been around so long that when people see Alexander Volkanovsky versus the Korean zombie. They won't put Chan Sung Jung. It'll be Korean, Volkanovski hey, versus the Korean zombie. And that's what zombie. I would think, too, right away. Like, if you put his <laughs> yes. name, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Well, yeah. But when you put you Korean, put Korean zombie, zombie, it immediately clicks to you. Oh, it I peaks. know what he's done. And that's a pro- that's the problem for Chikadze. Because Chikadze's name doesn't ring bells. He needs more mm-hmm. if, he's going to, uh, if he's going to get to that title fight. He's going to need to win this fight, and he honestly may need one more, even if he does uh, deserve to so, fight so, for so championship. Do, so, so do you think Chikaze has to, if he wins this fight in explosive fashion, right? You're, fight, you're mm-hmm. fighting a guy like Calvin Qatar who's been in there with some of the best in the world. You know, most recently, Max Holloway, and that's when Max is looking at y'all on the side. You know, doing all this and, and fighting. If if he does, if uh, Giga uh, Chikaze does have a great performance, an explosive performance, an entertaining performance, is there no way, just with the shuffle that's going on in that division, that he could be one fight away from getting a shot at the title? RC, this is his best chance, though, right? This is honestly his best chance to jump the line because if he looks great on Saturday, Dana's known to. Look at a guy on the spot and go, oh, he falls in love with what he's seeing right now. And he'll see a, a Chikadze, especially if he's healthy and clean after the fight. He'll go, 
Volkanovski needs a fight, can you turn it around? And then Chikadze, as a guy that probably will play the game, will be like, yeah, sign me up. I'll do it. I'll fight for the belt. I'm in shape. I'm ready. You got the five-round main event right yep. now. The pay-per-views in February. Like, it would just be a continuation mm-hmm. of the training camp. This is his best chance right. to jump the line. and he ha- But he has to be impressive uh, come Saturday night. Yeah, now, I see. Yo, what's up? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was just about to comment, though. I think these are the exciting type of fighters, though, that you need in the UFC. Guys who have who have trained one discipline or fought, fought in different organizations and different styles and bring that style to the UFC in explosive fashion. And now we have a fight like this in a great weight division. And so I think I'm excited to see it. And it's also coming off of probably at least in my time recently, the most exciting UFC year, right? We got fans back, DC. We had absolutely explosive events. And, you know, I wish we had a show in 2020 so I could have predicted some of the things that would have happened in 2021. But we do have an opportunity to predict what's going to happen in 2022. So I have my first UFC 2022 prediction, bro. And here it is. Yes. Amanda Nunes... Avenges her loss to Juliana to Juliana Pena at the 135 pound range, wins it, and never fights 135 again. That that's right there. A, that's your thought. That's my two, you know, honestly, 2022 prediction. That's honestly that's honestly one of those things that could happen. Um, yep. I don't know, RC. I don't know. I, when I look at the fight and I look at the two fighters, and and again, like this is gonna this is gonna you guys are gonna do this to me again, but. I just don't know. I don't know if you match him up again. I know Amanda would be a massive favorite. <laughs> I just don't know, dude. I just don't know, dog. I just don't know if she's going to beat Juliana. It's just a matchup problem. I think it's just a again, matchup again, problem. Again, so I just because we're going to probably get Amanda back on. She's not going to do our show. She's going to feel like no, we gave her the, tripping, we're gonna feel like we, she's gonna feel like we gave her the Madden curse. Because she's not no, going to do our show. But right, Amanda, I'm just you, man. to be clear, to be clear, I want Amanda Nunes has no chance to beat I'm Juliana Pena. Man. I'm not saying that. Okay. I'm just saying it's a hard fight if, because of the matchup. I, I, I know you probably won't be able to pick. If you think Amanda has a chance, I mean, if you, if you, if you would pick Amanda, I want you to blink twice. <laughs> Oh, that boy ain't blink. Oh. This dude's so crazy. I wouldn't pick nobody. I can't pick the fight. You know that. All right. Well, Man, okay. Well, you know is what? Is it my turn or do you go again? Is it my turn? It's or my turn. I'm just going to run Wait, through on. all of mine. Hold on. Let me just let me just jump back one thing off of your point. Okay. And then we'll go forward four. Not only do I not believe my prediction, one of my predictions is not only do I not believe Amanda is going to win that belt back, I believe that Valentina is going to win that belt Ooh. and become the double champion Ooh. in 2022. That's, That's one of my bold That's predictions dope. for next year. I'm with is that, that Valentina goes up and wins that championship belt at 135 pounds. I'm with that. So, so here, here's another one I have. Um, I have uh, Hazmat uh, Chamev. He's going to fight for the title. Oh, uh, come on. You think you think Hamzat's going to fight for the Hamzat's belt now? Hamzat Ch- uh, Chamev, I'm sorry. Chamev is going to fight for the title. <laughs> Connor is going to return and have the biggest pay-per-view ever in the history of the UFC. Max is going to win the title by the end of the year. He's going to come off of injury. Oh, wait, wait. I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. And Max is going to win. But the big one for me. (laughs) 
<laughs> I see it. The one that matters, DC, is when Darius submits <laughs> oh. Makachev. It's going to happen. Islam have, is going to fall. And what are you going to do then, DC? What they, are they, they asked for bold. These are some bold predictions. Guys, put that back up there. Let me look at what this guy just threw out there, please. Nunez the Beast Pena, that's not that That far makes total fetched, sense. Considering she was a thousand, uh, uh, minus one thousand in the first fight. The Chimaya fight for the title, not far fetched. Connor always has the biggest pay per views, so that's a pretty good one. The bottom one says that Holloway wins uh, the belt at the Holloway, end of the year. And okay, Benil Dariush uh, submits I mean, Islam Makachev. That, that, that's great. Not submit. Benil Darius can win the fight. He can win. Well, I just put. I just put. I just put. I just put. He defeats him. That was how I sent it over. I had to add like the submit part. So great. Like just to make it. You've been on first take. All you've been on first take for weeks now, and you're acting like it. Hey, Hey, you've been on first take for weeks now. You acting like it because you come up in here with your your look on shimmying coming out of your suit. Here's my five predictions, guys. Put that on the screen real quick so I can I can tell Ryan. Not only look at your first one. Valentina become double champion. Chemayev will be the number one contender. I don't know if he's going to have fought for the belt yet because I think that I'm hearing that he's fighting Gilbert Burns. If that's the case, then he'll be the number one contender and he may fight for the belt by the end of the year. I believe that John Jones will fight at heavyweight and he'll fight for the belt, but he'll lose to Cyril Gan or Francis Ngannou. And I just think that the time away with the weight difference and those guys being who they are, that's the problem. It's not that Jones has gotten worse. It's just that these guys are a different level of heavyweight. I believe that Henry Cejudo does fight again. So with that being said, I think that he does fight for a championship at either 135 or 145. And lastly, I think by the end of this year, Islam Makhachev is wearing that title. As much as I like Charles Oliveira, as much as I think that he's improved, I think that Makhachev does so many things good. And he is so big and he's such, in such great shape. And he presents so many different problems for these guys. Now, by the end of 2022, Islam Makhachev will be holding the UFC so, lightweight championship so DC, of the world. So, DC, what you're saying is after Dariush beats Makhachev, he goes on a run and gets back to win the championship. Because if you do not remember, no. my 2022 no. prediction was that he will lose the fight. and That's we, your prediction. <laughs> my, right. my, my prediction right, is though. he wins this one. This, <laughs> my prediction is he wins this one, right? Because you got to remember, they, he has Ramadan. So yes. after he fights here, he'll be out through the summer, RC. That is probably when Gaethje and Oliveira will do their thing. It will line up for them to fight towards the end of the year for the championship. And these are your predictions. Nunes defeats Pena. Okay. Darius defeats Makachev. Don't believe that. You and I agree on Hamza Chimaev. Yep. McGregor, I agree with you. Holloway wins the title by the end there. That's not too far-fetched. You could see Max is the champion. Max is the greatest featherweight of all time, and he's still as good as he's always been. So, yes. And, and Ryan, he was getting another title fight. Yeah, he was. So it's like right there yeah. uh, to happen. Yeah, I think, man, I think you're wrong about the Makachev thing. I think you're... Your view of Islam is crowded the same as Daniel Orlowski's view is clouded about Matthew Stafford. Like, you guys just can't see uh, past your friendships. Uh, But, no, honestly, man, I think your list is amazing. Uh, The one I found uh, very, very interesting was the Valentina Shevchenko point. 
I that, do what I'm telling you. That's that's actually that's actually one I didn't think of, but it makes <laughs> so much sense it. because she you beat Julian, right? And too though, but you wouldn't have to make the Amanda Shevchenko rematch again, nope. right? You you can move you into not. a new fight uh, for that belt. So man, I'm all with you. The only, um, the I, only I, problem the only problem with that one though, RC, is that if Amanda does, uh, if Valentina becomes a champ at 135. And Amanda goes back down. Now you're looking at that trilogy fight. Yeah. Val- it's just Valentina's the champ. Now it's the same thing. So right, same thing. Dana was a bit hesitant to make that fight again. So maybe. Yeah. Now, we both kind of agree on Hamza Chimaev. Right. We agree that he's special. We agree that he's good. Now, one of his teammates, a guy I fought, Alexander Gustafson, said, I think that Hamza Chimaev will put Kamaru Usman to sleep. Honestly. I think when he touches his chin, it's a big chance that Kamaru goes to sleep. Now, I, I Ryan, I will I will say before Kamara Usman jumps down Alexander's throat, he prefaced that with a ton of compliments for Kamara Usman, the champion that he is, how much respect he has for him, how good he is. But then he goes on to say that his teammate will knock him out. Do you agree? Nope, I don't agree. <laughs> I do not agree. And listen, it, and, and it's not even. It's not even about looking at Hamzat Chemaev and not believing that he has that type of one-punch power because I believe we saw it in like a 17-second fight, right? And so, and so, so it doesn't mean he doesn't have that, but it, it's that he's kind of – he's not overvaluing uh, Chemaev's power. I think he's undervaluing Kamaru Usman's chin. Kamaru Usman's yep. skill, Kamaru Usman's continued developer development as a striker. And he's obviously moved a ton away from wrestling and he's become primary, primarily a striker, which I don't necessarily know is the right way for him to fight, but he's been winning and he's on this great fight winning streak. If he was to say that he felt that Hamzat Chemaev could beat Kamaru Usman in the fight, I wouldn't argue with that. I think that could be debatable. I think that could be debated. But to say that if he touches his chin, he's out. One, he has to get to his chin, right? He has to get that clean shot. He has to be able to do that. And to do that, you have to be willing to stand in front of Kamara Usman as well. You know, and it's like Rocky said, you know, and to, to beat me, you got to kill me. And to kill me, you got to be willing to stand in front of me. And to stand in front of me, you got to be willing to die yourself. Like, that's, that's <laughs> part of it, right? He's not going to be hitting. He's not going to be hitting a punching bag. And so I think on the mm-hmm. other end, to just assume that Hamzat Chemaev has that much power, that much skill to knock out someone like Kamaru Usman, who's been in there with the world's best at 170 pounds, I think that's a little bit presumptive. That that that's a teammate though. I mean, you always accuse me of oh my of, gosh, of, yeah, favoritism, bro. You talk about Troy Paul. Does Troy Palomalu walk or does he fly? Like I mean, Troy. We've Palomalu, seen him fly, fly DC. Troy we've must, seen him fly, but we've dude, seen him must, fly, DC. He must. This boy must walk across the earth. Like he don't even touch his feet. He glides. The ground. He, he does this. Like glides. He does this. I mean, the way you talk about Troy Palomalu <laughs> is so crazy. But that's Alexander Gustafson talking about his teammate. We all do it, right? We spend so much time with these guys. We see them in the best of situations. We see them in the worst of situations. And that is what Gustafson is doing right now. Look, those guys at All-Stars are doing a really good job of staying relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, from Chimaev offering wrestling matches to everybody to his teammate now saying he would knock out Kamaru. We're talking about it. Right. That's exactly what the point of making the statement is. And it didn't have to come from Hamzat. Hamzat is able to maintain... The respect, the respect of Kamar Usman, Usman, the friendship, right. because somebody else said it. It's not Hamzat. Right. Now, does Hamzat 
does Hamzat present a lot of problems for Usman? I think more than most people because yeah, he's for so sure. big. For sure, he has strong. a great wrestling background. Yeah. He's strong. He's tough. One hundred. He's durable, and he's got a ton of confidence. The guy's never lost. Right. That's one of the biggest things that undefeated fighters bring to the octagon. You have to teach them how to lose, especially when they've gone on long Bro, win streaks. You have to teach them that. that losing is possible. It's even a reality. Yeah. They, they don't think it's reality. They think going in there that it's impossible for him to lose. Right. So it would be on Kamaru to teach him that very, very early. And I think that all the stuff that Gustafson said prior to that statement tells me that they respect Usman for who he is, mm -hmm. but just believe that they got the better guy. Yeah, and I think when when you look at teammates, this is the way you're supposed to feel. But I also value the words of uh, Daniel Cormier. I value uh, <laughs> the words of a, a of the Mauler over normal people. Like the you guys have been in the octagon with the best in the world. You've seen some of the most highly skilled fighters that have ever lived. And so if he the same way when. Even though I messed with you, the same way you speak of Islam Makachev, I understand you're not only looking at it as a friend, you're looking at it as a world champion, right? Alexander uh, Gustafson is looking at this as a high-level elite UFC a fighter. That, a guy that took me and Jones and, and both to the depths to the deep of hell. Waters. Right, to the deep yeah. waters. So, and so I really respect what he's saying, and I understand uh, the way that he's looking at it. But this is what I'm going to say. All I know is I don't expect a knockout of Kamaru Usman, but hey, he could tap out, but it's time for us to tap in too, right? So we got a little tap in, tap out, and is Corporate Jake still here? Hey, is guys. Corporate Jake still rock with us for 2022? Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, bro. Hi, Corporate Jake. Welcome back, my friend, in the new year. Happy New Year, guys. All right, let's kick it off. Derek Lewis made it known that he wanted Stipe Miocic following his first his win over Chris Dawkins. However, his rumored next opponent will be 11th-ranked Tai Tuivasa. RC, tap in or tap out that Tuivasa is the right matchup for Lewis over Miocic? Um, I tap in, and, and, and here's, why, here's why I tap in. Uh, we have to remember what Derek Lewis has looked like against the elite of the elite. We have to go back to a fight against Daniel Cormier. Uh, you have to go back to probably the most boring fight we've ever seen with Francis Ngannou, <laughs> which he actually did win. But you also have to hearken back to Cyril Ghosn. Cyril Ghosn is a world-class fighter, and he ran, I guess you can, can, can you run rings around somebody in an octagon? I'm not <laughs> sure. Circles, but run circles, around, run circles him, around him in an octagon. And so I don't necessarily think Dana White's itching to put him in again against that level of fighter, but he knows in fighting Tai Tuivasa that you get an exciting fight. You get a fight mm -hmm. that's going to bring out the best of Derek Lewis, the best of Tai as well, in the sense that their styles match up great, their power is going to be on display, and you're going to get explosion from the moment the fight starts. You know what I think? I honestly think this is more about Tuivasa because Tuivasa's now won four or five in a row. He's 28 years old. He's in the top 12. Now he's number 11. And he is getting a matchup where he's not going to get wrestled to the ground over and over again. He gets a guy that's going to stand in front of him. Derek also, right? It's a fun fight. That's and what think it's about. think about this, RC. It's a fun fight. And this is one that's close enough to Baton Rouge to where you could go. It's in Houston. And DC, could you imagine after the, the Super Bowl, I'm at, I'm at all these things, DC, like this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm. Could you imagine... The pay-per-view opening with Derek Lewis in Houston against Ty Tuivasa, yeah. that place, the Toyota Center is going to be insane. Perfect matchup, and I know for all the right reasons. It's going to be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. Corporate Jake. 
We all know the Ultimate Fighting Championship, but how about the Ultimate Frog Championship? DC, tap what? in or tap out on this new version of the UFC. Where'd you guys find that? Bro, what do you Wait, guys do throughout on? the day? Like, and why are these frogs so swole, bro? And so, so dang big? athletic. And why are they wrestling? Hey. I'm I tap in. in. I tap I'm in. in. This is Look better than this. like the phone booth fighting. It's better than the the, the chess fighting. This was absolutely. Oh this bro, that was hey, the Francis the Ngannou and Cyril Ghana frogs. Look at these yeah. things, bro. Look at the size of them. Hey Ryan, the guy. The, 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 so hey, hey, frog number one would definitely beat the guy from the chess championships in a three round tournament. <laughs> I mean, look at the size of these things, and they're actually wrestling. I wonder how they did that. I'm actually amazed. I'm gonna say this that though. This is DC, real. I'm gonna say this. I bet there's some fire frog legs though. Man, you eat that? You I, actually eat frog legs? I, well, yes, I eat frog legs. You're gross, bro. You know, you're you, actually gross. Carpet so J, carpet you say J, soda? Do you eat alligator too? You, I do, do you eat alligator. alligator yes. Oh my goodness! Somebody get this country. This boy's country. Where are you get from? Look at this country bumpkin <laughs> eating frog legs, eating frog legs and alligator tail. Like, come on, Ryan Clark. Come on, Corporate Jake. Jake. He's a hater. One, All Please. right, one more. Somehow, someway, R.C.'s Pittsburgh Steelers snuck their way into the NFL playoffs Bro, over the weekend. So, R.C., that? tap in or tap out. Big Ben can make one last playoff run in the black and yellow. I'm tapping out. Um, Bro, listen, you better tap out. Listen, because I, um, you'd be as ridiculous as me and Islam Makachev. Nothing is as ridiculous <laughs> as you and Islam Makachev. Uh, honestly, guys, I mean, I think it's, it's amazing that this team made it, that Mike Tomlin was able to get this team to the playoffs. And when you look at what Big Ben was able to do in the fourth quarter against the Baltimore Ravens, it was kind of like that last hurrah, right? We got to see him get his yep. send-off in Pittsburgh, and then yeah, we saw that was. one last final drive to win a football game but they're going up against the Kansas City Chiefs and that team is just too good just too talented and it was an absolute dog stumping the last time they played RC I'm tapping out yeah um, I'm cool with that I relate I related to BJ Penn knocking out Matt Hughes in their last fight mm -hmm. I related to all those great champions that come out and give one more performance because you always have one more as an older guy and Big Ben he can barely move now uh, the offensive line isn't great enough to protect them, so he, he can't get away like he used to. Um, the fact that they're in the playoffs, Ryan, is crazy. I watch you every week talk about these guys making the playoffs, and I thought you were out of your mind. It I was a little bit. It speaks how good of a coach Mike Tomlin. It speaks how good of a coach Mike Tomlin is. Yes, bro. to put that team into yes. the playoffs. But I think it's over, my brother. I think yeah. right now, and, and look, he got his moment. Right, yep. you, you got to hope that Ben Ben Roth, Roth Ben Roethlisberger. Sorry is smart enough to know that it doesn't get better. I think, I think he is. Fedor Emelianenko in Moscow, when, when Fedor went out there and knocked out Tim yep. Johnson in Moscow, in Bellator, he should have said, okay, I'm done. Right. But is I think the greatest it's people, not gonna the be greatest the champions, they always want one more. And I hope that Ben understands that this will be it for him whenever it's over. Yeah, man. I think... Um I'm just excited that Mike Tomlin won't have to hear the fire coach Tomlin talk again. I'm excited that Big Ben gets that one last uh, playoff send-off. But more than anything, man, I'm excited that we back for the 2022, bro. Yes, I'm we ready are. to get it rolling. Yes, we I'm are. ready to have a great year. Uh, I missed you. I'm glad you're on the diet. 
I'm glad you're about to get in that two, that 205 shape again. We're How was have, Christmas? How was your Christmas? How was your holidays? Bro, good? My Christmas, my Christmas was excellent, DC. I had a nice. great time. I went to Vegas for New Year's to watch my son play. And now I'm just oh, ready yeah. to now the next time I go to Vegas, I should be watching two people get it on, man, in the UFC. That's what I'm talking about, Ryan, man. I'm excited about the show being back. Corporate Jake is back. The dude was hiding in the background. I barely heard him in my ear the entire <laughs> show. RC, man, you've been killing it on First Take, on Get Up, on NFL Live. I've been watching. I saw my boy on Good Morning America the other hey, day. Hey, you saw like, me, dog. You saw me. Hey, I, I had to wear my I had to wear my nice sports coat, man, so I could talk about I, dating and stuff to the to the old <laughs> housewives that was watching, man. <laughs> dog, I saw you on I saw you on on Good Morning America, man. Congratulations, continued success. So good to be able to do the show with you guys. Thank you for the continued support. We love each Appreciate and every one of you. We will see you next week.